Your co-host Chad Didimanesis and I am joined by Bill Shockey. Mr. Shockey, how's it going? Fantastic. How are you? I'm very good. I'm even more excited to say for the first time in a couple of weeks that we are joined by the third musketeer once again. Mr. Anthony Chandra is back with us. So the trio is back together again. Anthony, we missed you. Missed you for a few weeks there, buddy. Yeah, I, I just took a preemptive trip to the fear bunker. Uh, you know, I saw <laughs> I the five-game losing streak. Yeah, I do a little routine maintenance. I saw the streak coming, uh, you know, a, a, as we do as Buffalo fans. And, and you know, I just kind of got to jump on making sure it was ready for me when it turns into, like, losing 15 out of the next 20. I just I wanted, I wanted to spruce things up. I hadn't been there since Grand Winterizing, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> Since the seasons, <laughs> yeah. Since 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 the, uh, the the coaching carousel before Kruger was hired, I hadn't been back, so I just want to do a little cleaning up. But no, it's good to be back. I'm I'm excited to talk about the Sabers for better or worse. So I have to ask you: Did you put the Christmas tree up at the fear bunker? I I did. I actually put just all the holiday decorations up. I wasn't sure when I'd be back, so I just kind of got to jump on everything. <laughs> this is actually. I mean, it's this is because last week we kind of needed you, Anthony. I talked to you a little bit. About. There was. <laughs> There was some discrepancy. Oh, yeah, Bill, you belong in prison. <laughs> right, so we'll start with there. So you agree Glad that to have you back. fish is, like, better than, like, not even close Swedish meatballs, right? Swedish fish, easy. Swedish, mm-hmm. Swedish fish destroys Swedish meatballs. And if That's I was going really to do, do a rehab assignment on the Amherst podcast, you need to do a rehab assignment on, like, an Ikea podcast. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who picks Swedish meatballs over Swedish fish. I don't know who does it. You, I'll, you I'll, are a sociopath. I'll put it this way. A buddy of mine told me that Chad's getting close to Travis Yost territory in his food takes. I'm not that bad. Calm down. Like, <laughs> I'm not telling you to like, eat toast with, like, I don't know, <laughs> grains on it or something. Like, calm down. Like, I'm not in that area yet. That's not you bacon is bad or anything or whatever else. Burger King's says. not your favorite fast food restaurant or whatever? No. That was insane. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing we should clear up quickly is, Anthony, are you a Christmas before Thanksgiving or after? That's why I asked. Christmas before Thanksgiving. Like decorating for it? Yeah, like like music, decorations before oh, Thanksgiving, God. always after. Can, can I can I do before Christmas or after? I, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm a Grinch in that regard. Like, I, I don't think there's one Christmas song I like 
Bill, um, Bill's on his way to your house right now. He's getting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. My wife is like all about it. And so like, we, we just kind of, we, we ebb and flow in that way. She kind of handles the Christmas cheer. And I'm going to instruct my children why all their dreams are just, just futile. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm better friends with your wife than you. All right. <laughs> well, Anthony's back apparently. So. <laughs> good to be back, boys. Back to crush the hopes and dreams. And that, that kind of is a good segue here because the Sabres have also crushed our hopes and dreams here over the last couple of weeks. So we are, you know, it's funny, Anthony. It's, I, don't know if, I don't know if it was the one with the last one with you or maybe it's one with Hannah where we kind of, I ended it, Bill and I kind of mentioned this last week, we ended up saying it's odd. We haven't had one of these, you know, podcasts after a four-game or five-game losing streak. And then, you know, last week we had three games, and here we are at five games. Like, the last game they won, when was the last game they won? The Detroit game, right? That was the last game they won? The Mm -hmm. game. That seems like ages ago. That was like mid-October, wasn't it? Right? Well, we yeah, because of the that, right? long break before the right. Sweden trip. And they've had two games in 45 days or something like that, but <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And I, I don't know. So it's 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 kind of a lot of the things we talked about last week. Um, you know, it's good to have Anthony back to kind of get some fresh perspective to continue to crush hopes and dreams of listeners. But it's um you know, it's an unfortunate situation right now where we're at. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna touch on that. Uh we have a few different topics off of that. Uh we're of course gonna get to the fan questions at the second half of the podcast like we always do. Uh, but I figured the way we would kind of start this one because I know Bill got a lot of questions in it, and I think I have people every 25 minutes that keep telling me to break the Tyler Toffoli trade. Uh, yeah, I give a small update. It's really not an update, but it's kind of just, in a way, I guess an update on the tweets from this weekend from Jeremy uh, and myself that I piggybacked on. So, you know, I, I don't think anything's really changed uh, from this weekend. You know, there's there's still a, even Pierre LeBron kind of, you know, in a, I guess you could say confirmed kind of what Jeremy and I said over the weekend is they're working really hard to get something done. Uh, the focus right now is on a Western Conference forward. Uh, I know LeBron's a top nine. Uh, my understanding is it's going to, I mean, top nine, top six, whatever. It, it, I, I think they're targeting a top six forward if you want to put it in a bracket, but I think they're, working really hard to get one done. Um, to be honest, I, I think it could happen at any point. I'm not saying something is like imminent and could happen like tomorrow, but I, I think there's a possibility that something could happen here, you know, right now, or it could be in a week or two. You know, that's kind of like, you know, that's where we're at at this point. There's nothing that's saying it's going to happen within the four, next 48 hours or not at all. So it's, you know, it, it's frustrating. That's kind of how the way things go. You know, there's, there's work to be done. There's conversations to be had. Uh, there's negotiations to be done. And really it takes one phone call to kind of say, okay, let's get it done. So, you know, and a lot of people keep saying that I, I handed that to Foley because I had that tweeted the defending to Foley, which maybe we'll kind of get to that in the end of the podcast. Some of that stuff as we get into maybe some trade ideas once that comes up. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not by any means saying that to Foley is the guy they're targeting because I'm not sure that's the case. So, but I will in a way say that my understanding from talking to some Kings people is I think Toffoli is going to be moved in the next couple, like week or two here. Uh, again, I don't know if it's going to be Buffalo, but I feel like that's, that's going to happen. We know probably pretty comfortably Kovalchuk's going to go here. And I think Alex Martinez is another guy that they could be looking to move out. So the Kings are kind of 
trying to get some things done now. He's trying to get the jump on a few things. Uh, I think Martinez might be a guy who happens close to the deadline, but for sure, um, Defoli's camp kind of has a feeling that a deal is going to come here in the next near, in the little near future. Um, Will that be in a couple of days or a couple of weeks? I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. And the same thing with, you know, Kovalchuk once his agent uh, gets a team to kind of work that out. So that's kind of the update on Toffoli. Again, I don't know if the Sabres are going to be the team that lands Toffoli. Um, I wouldn't rule it out as a possibility, but again, like I just want to make it clear that I'm not saying Toffoli is the, the sole target here because I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. So, I'm not saying it's so. I guess I'm saying I'm not saying it's not untrue, but I'm not saying I know for sure that it's true. So I'm just saying don't read in don't read into my one tweet that I had defending him. So let's kind of get that out of there. So there's a few Western Conference forwards that they could be looking at. Uh, so you know we'll, we'll see, but they're working really hard. Uh, their main focus, you know, from my understanding, from what I'm able to share and tell you guys, is it their main focus is on a Western Conference forward, top six forward, and you know we'll we'll see where that goes. So. It's not really much of an update, but I just want to get that out because I know there's been a lot of questions, and we have a lot of questions coming from the fans. So I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead of Bill here, but you know, there's that. So if you guys want to talk about any trade ideas at all, feel free. I guess now is kind of that open forum to do so before we get into the team itself. Translation to fully to Buffalo tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. What was the thing you said before the podcast when I said something about was it Kovalchuk? I said something. You're like, okay, I'm going to tweet that right now. The chat said Kovalchuk's being traded. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I said. E5. E5, right, exactly. You know, go ahead, Bill. No, I was just going to say, it's you didn't really blow past many questions because most of them are just asking if you are or not the worst person for telling everybody something's happening. Or... Right, apparently I am. You know, it's, so what are you going to do? You know, If you guys want, I won't share any information, right? Should I just do it that way and be the Grinch? I can be the Grinch of trade stuff every time I know. So I'll, I'll just tell Bill and I'll tell anybody else. Let's I'm just ready to get irrationally <laughs> angry at the idiot who, when nothing happens, they're like, this is why the bloggers aren't credible. It's like, right. you just, no, that's not, shut up. Well, like, I mean, the good thing is the LeBron thing, I think, should keep those people away because he basically <laughs> confirmed what Jeremy and I kind of said over the weekend. In a way, in a way, the kind of way I read it is LeBron was, without saying it, was kind of saying like something's going to happen soon. I mean, right, he kept saying like sense of urgency and the spoke injury and the defense is healthy, like, how He's funny is that? Hands did, about literally saying it. Put that in perspective for a minute. Did you ever think you'd read that sentence? Given Vladimir Savodka's injury, the Sabres are now <laughs> right. really looking for a top six forward. The hell kind of right, hellscape. What, what kind of hellscape do we live in where that's a sentence? That's a thing. Jason Battle sort of like, oh, no, we're in trouble. No, not Vlad Savodka. <laughs> oh, no, not Vlad. We should probably get Andre Kasha now. <laughs> Unbelievable. What are you going to do? Yeah. I want to say something funny, but I can't. It's... <laughs> you got nothing? <laughs> no. That's, oh, man. That's it's the conversation you've been having since the summer, right? It's they, they fixed the defense, I guess, in a way you could say. At least they got better defensemen. And, but, and then they got Jimmy Vesey. So then it's okay. There he is. There's Jimmy Vesey. Uh, I love Jimmy Vesey. In like 14 games or 13 games that he's played. No, Chad, he's been a really good role player. He's just not <laughs> getting the goals. He's not getting the puck luck. Not even generating That's scoring chances. That was that, that was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite comment ever. Like, how many scoring chances does Jimmy Vesey have? Like, to be honest, like I'm gonna look it up right now. Less than one. I'm gonna look it up. You guys talk about yourself about trade ideas. I'm gonna look it up. But is like, is there any guy like honestly like? You no, know, I promise we'll get into the team here. But is there like, like a Safoli kind of like a guy for you guys you really want, or is there somebody else? 
Like, even, yeah. if it's, even if it's not a Western Conference forward, just is there somebody out there that you kind of like makes sense? Um, I think Toffoli maybe makes the most sense given uh, right. the, the rumored ask for him. I think it was like a second round pick and like a middle prospect. I think Dragos had a, a mid tier prospect and a second or third. Man. Yeah, I think that's well worth the, the price of acquisition there. So if if that uh, seems like a botchel trade. Yeah, exactly. And if they, I think if that uh, you know value holds true, I don't, I don't, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better deal than that. Would you trade Aswin? I know Zach. I know Zach on Twitter's brought up a few times. I, I like that idea as that B level prospect. Is it is a mid tier prospect? Would you do that? Would you do a yeah, third in Aspen yeah. for Toffoli? Yes, because and I've said it since the beginning of the season. He's literally redundant with Marcus Davids, and they have a, a better version of Aspen in the organization. I feel and Bruce Delainen. And Rusalainen, yes. Yeah, I would not hesitate. People will be upset because, like, Asplund is the – I think because he was the only saving grace of that Kulikov trade, like, people still really, like, want him mm-hmm. to be great. But he he's going to be a, a bottom I think he'll be good. In the NHL. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. But I, I think he's as, – as we do with a lot of prospects, I think he's overvalued. Um, but, no, that would not upset me at all. How about you, Bill? No, I, I think with the state of the team, the Cousins pick this year, I think helps. I mean, you got Eichel, you got Middlestad, you have Johansson, you got Cousins coming. Right. Um, if you want, you can keep Larson around. Yeah. Rusalainen, right. Davidson, like we said. I mean, you have. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I mean it's I think a lot it makes harder to sense. find that. A lot easier, I should say, to find that you know bottom six on it, right? Yeah, and this team is just dying for wingers. Exactly. And if that's what's going to get you, then please do something. I have a feeling that people who would hate that trade the most are from the 585 area code. <laughs> Probably. Point. So, Jimmy VC. Uh, oh, let me get the rates here and let me just do just forwards because that's not fair with defense in there. Um, this is, this is going to be funny. I think it's going to be pretty crazily near the bottom here, the way it's looking right now. So, I'm on Evolving Wild. Let's see what they say. So, individual expected goals. He's at. It's actually higher than I thought. 0.68. He is sixth right now. So that's higher. Individual mm. expected goals per 60. I'm impressed by Jimmy VC. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you guess who the two lowest are? One, I bet you can guess. The other one might have a hard time. I mean, Savotka's got to be one of them. Right. is second worst at 0.38. You want to guess the lowest is? Lowest and you forward. said I'd be surprised by it? Lowest forward and in individual expected goals per 60. Is it middle stat? It is not is it middle stat. Five on middle five? Fourth. Five no, on five. A, Even was, strength. That was a dumb guess. Is it Olsen? It is not Olsen. Olsen is 10th, though. That is a good guess. Uh, it's not Rodriguez, is it? It is not Rodriguez. He's eighth. Huh. <laughs> uh, One more guess. One more guess between the two of you. Mm. The new guy. The new guy. Like Johansson, the new guy? It is Johansson. Really? Point two. I would guess that. He's sig- him and Saboka are significantly the two lowest. At a point wow. three and point two three. Sure, he's ahead of them at a point five one. Hmm. So that's interesting. Look, even Jimmy VC is a higher interesting. Has a higher individual shot attempts as third at fourteen point oh eight per sixty. Stop it, Jay. You're not going to convince me with your fancy stance. <laughs> <laughs> Johansson is the lowest at individual course. He at 6.4, 6.41, but he's more of a passer anyways than a shooter. Weird. But you know, that kind of gets back to my whole Johansson thing where I, I think before they kind of switched those lines up, I thought him and his line were struggling a little bit after the hot start, but 
I think who was it? Wasn't it VC in Middlestat? Yep. Yeah. They had a pretty good game that second game against Tampa Bay that line. I thought they did well. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if they keep that going. It's interesting, you know, Middlestat going to the wing. Um I, I know we're getting some line stuff later, but that's I think we'll have to talk about if that seems like a good idea long term or not. Uh okay. So shifting back to the team itself. So we have a Buffalo Sabres team here that uh has lost five straight. Uh, they're tumbling in the standings. They have done a very good job after their hot start of already pushing themselves out of the playoff picture. So they've done that sooner than last year. So that's good. Stuck the landing. Stuck the landing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like the air out of the balloon pretty quickly. Uh, the funny thing is, real quick, literally two podcasts ago, we said they have four games in 17 days. And all they have to do is not lose all four. And we'll probably, it'll be enough of a stretch that we can't really be mad at it. Yep. Here we are, boys. Here we are. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> the guys basically essentially smoked in two of them for sure. I mean, they, they got crushed by the Capitals. Islanders game was, I think, an even game. Mm-hmm. The first Tampa Bay game, they got blown out again. I mean, the score wasn't that bad because of Olmark, but they were just destroyed in that game. In the second Tampa game, I think they played better until the third period when the wheels came off. But So two of those four games, you got roasted. And then you have Carolina who figured themselves out coming in on Thursday. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, it's the same thing though. We kind of talked about, you know, last week it's coming up again. It's this team cannot consistently generate offense at five on five. They now, according to evolving wild, their effective goals for per 60 is a 2.14, which is the fourth worst in the league at five on five. So like they can't generate any offense at all. Five on five. And then Anthony brought up for the podcast, or Bill, one of you two, whoever looked it up, is the power play has like gone into the crapper at this point. Somehow your power play is not saving you, and you're just scoring no goals. Literally. Scoring no goals. Right. Yeah, it was me. It was, uh, what did I look up? 8-1-1 one, one in the first 10. You had a 30.77 power play percentage. 1-5-1 one, and one, last 7. 11.76 power play percentage. That's a year. Terrible. <laughs> and you've got... 38 goals for in the first 10 games, 12 goals for in the last seven. Like you're just not scoring at all. Yeah, and we talked about it, the the power play being one of those key components. If the Sabres were going to surpass expectations, it would have to be really good. And when they started the year 8-1-1 or whatever it was, their power play was incredible, You know, like Bill just said. And and now they've lost five in a row and their power play has been terrible. I mean, it's just – it's the little things. And, and, and the separation between great teams and bad teams in the NHL is not that – you know, wide in, in terms of talent gap, it's just the little stuff like that. And, and they, they just can't, uh, given the fact that the Sabres are, are probably not one of the, you know, even top half talented rosters in the league, they, they can't afford it. They can't afford to have bad special teams. The power like play the is terrible too. Or the penalty kill, I mean, it's terrible Exactly. Too. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's like they, the first 10 games, no one knew that Olsen existed and then they kind of figured it out and now you're in trouble. Right, I think that's changed a lot. I mean, they, they've tried to put Johansson there a few times to mix it up. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, teams have picked up on that. Like, oh, that guy can shoot. Let's not let him do that. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's essentially gotten back to, you know, Eichel hammering a few or forcing passes. And I, I just think, as, you know, referring to this push, they have to do something different. They have to try, uh, maybe try to work it down low more. Maybe give, put it on uh, Reinhardt's stick and let him try to work down low with Skinner or. I was going to say, somebody's got a hot hand. I just want to try to give it to him a little bit right. more. Right, exactly, exactly. It's 
Eichel's got to shoot more to give to kind of you know back people off of Olsen, perhaps. You know, I mean, he, I think he's done a little bit more, but you know, maybe that's what you have to do too. It's you got to mix it up. Teams adjust, right? I mean, teams scout you and watch you and figure it out. So you got to adjust. Teams have adjusted to you on the power play. Now you have to adjust back, and you know, that kind of falls in the coaching staff being able to do so. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that, but you know, it's Anthony's point that he brought up. It's it, it's critical. This team wants to beat expectations. They they need the power play to work. They they need you know players to have career years, right? I think that's in a way of kind of stop like Casey Middlestad kind of a stop scoring there. I mean, I think he's still playing relatively well, but the points aren't coming. Uh, Johansson even has dried up a little bit until the last Tampa Bay game. He started going against Skinner, kind of. You know, he's muddling around. He's with Rodriguez and Sherry now, and like, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. You know, that that's kind of dried up. So it's yeah, your, fourth line, line, your fourth line does a really good job generating <clears throat> control, but at some point here, you know, I, I don't want to say they're not doing their job because they are because they're controlling players on the ice most of the time. But for God's sakes, can you just can you give me a goal here and there? Like you know, it's. It, it's crazy. And BC has no goals. Sherry has kind of dried up. You know, when he was off to a hot start, so. It's kind of right back to where last year, and I guess that's one of the Shocker. right it's one of the downfalls or outcomes for bringing it back to the same team is if Reinhardt, Eichel, and Skinner are not scoring goals for you and scoring a lot of goals, you're probably not going to win most games. And and here we are, you know. It's it, I mean they've it, gone they've gone five games without a goal f- from a forward not named Eichel, Reinhardt, Skinner, or Olsen. Yeah. Five games, right? And it, it I don't know I I don't I just it's. It's crazy to me, you know. I mean, you can move the lines around all you want, right? I mean, and I, I don't know, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, it, the one thing I think is, is still kind of crazy to me is we talked about this weeks ago. I, I think is is we've tried different things here. We've tried different lines. We've tried to mix things up here. The one thing we still haven't tried, which seems like the thing that is kind of flashing in big red lights, is put Jeff Skinner back with Jack Eichel. Like just yeah. put him back there and, and get Skinner going, get Eichel going. You have Reinhardt, who's hot right now. Like he, he's going, he's scoring, he's generating offense again. He's has the hot hand. Like let him go on a different line and see if he can get that line going. And that's how you generate offense throughout more lines. Put him with Johansson. Put him with Middlestat. Like get get that kind of going there for you and see how that goes. And then you know go from there. And it gets back into needing to add a forward too. It's just you know they they've added these defensemen that that kind of move the puck out of the zone for you and. You know, that in itself, I, I think I, I wrote about it too, is, you know, that, that I think is kind of deteriorated in a way too, is, is their zone exits. And I think that's hurting their offense because they score a lot on transition, a lot on the rush, and that's hurting them. So it's, you know, not having that working in your favor too. It's just they, they never, they, we started the podcast saying this, they, they address their defense, but never address the forward outside of Jimmy VC, and that's not working. So, and that kind of gets back into the trade thing here, though it's, it's abundantly necessary. Now you're working from a point of weakness. Because everyone in the league knows that you need to acquire a forward and you have too many defensemen and you need to do it. So it's, it's dealing from a point of weakness and that's not going to help in the trade market. And you might have to overpay for a forward, but you're backed up against the wall because you can't let this situation happen again. You can't let this team lose 15 of 20 games here or something crazy like that and just sit on your hands like you did last year. So, so the GM is up against the wall. The coach needs to do some things to change some things. I mean, his... You know, we were all praising Kruger and some things he's done. And, and recently there's been – and I still think relatively he's – you know, for a first-year coach, he's doing a decent job. But I mean, there's been some crazy things. Like, like what are Johan Larson and Zemgis Girgensen doing out 
you know, down a goal. Like I think it was a Tampa game. What are you doing? Why are you? <laughs> that's insanity. Why would you put those guys out there to do that? Are you trying to send a point, a message? Like that just seems ridiculous. And you know, there's beyond that. There's the whole Dalin thing where he's not the same player he was last year by a mile. He's not doing the same things. He's not carrying the puck. He's not generating the offense. And the only thing that's relatively changed here is a new coach and a new system. So is this coach having him do something different? Is, you know, I tweeted about during the one game, I've noticed the defensemen that carry the puck out of the zone, when they get to the red line, they dump it in. They don't continue to carry it through. We, I, I can't remember an instant, instance this season, literally the entire season, I can't remember one instance where Dallin has taken the puck from his end and gone into the defensive zone and continued to carry it down low. And he did that a ton last year. I can't remember one time he was on it this year at all. I think once he crossed the red line, he kind of you can see him slow down and gets in his head. He's like, uh-oh, I have the puck still already. What do I do? Just dump it in. Or he gives it away. Like it's so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're being coached to do that. I just I, I think he has to look at some things and he has to change some things because the the pressure is only gonna ratchet up here if they continue to lose games. And, and you know, I mean, maybe it's a good time for Bill to kind of run the schedule down here, how it can get more ominous if you don't do well on this next kind of four game stretch here. You got it. So we got ten in 17 days to end November, five home, five away. The first four are kind of critical here, boys. It's it's Carolina, Ottawa, Chicago, Minnesota. One team, that's Carolina, has a winning record in the next four. Three of those four are at home. So, I mean, this is kind of it because if you don't turn around in the next four, you're kind of hitting a little bit of a buzzsaw. You got four or six on the road, and those six are Boston, Florida, Tampa Bay, Calgary, Toronto, Toronto. Yikes. So good luck trying to turn around the next six. You don't do it in the first four. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's example. I could snowball quickly, right? I mean, it's, I don't know. It, 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 I, <laughs> I hate being the person that sits here and, and like, I, I, I'd rather be the guy that's been these podcasts and talking about how well they're doing and what they're doing well. Like, I hate being the guy that sits here and is being, you know, negative. And, I, you know, Anthony and I, I and Bill too, I mean, those podcasts, I think the three of us kind of, when the season started in a way, it was kind of like, ah, oh, well, look at what, the, what do these guys know? And, you know, look how well they're starting. And even when he pointed out things was, yeah, they're doing well, but, you know, watch for this. They're still not generating a ton offensively at five on five. That could come back to hurt them, and here we are. Like, you know, it, it's it's that two, three-week thing where you kind of got by with a couple of things that weren't working well. They're catching you now, and, you know, that's ultimately going to catch you at the end of the day. So you, you either got to improve your roster in some way. I mean, maybe it's a call-up here with an injury. Perhaps it's a trade they're trying to get done here in, in the near future. So maybe those two things help you, but – they, they can't continue to sit here. I mean, the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That, that can't happen here because I think, I think if the general manager is here for another streak where you lose, even if it's like 13 of 20 or something like that, and your season goes in the tank, I think he might be hard pressed to keep his job in the summer because he just, it, again, I and mean, this team really has gone nowhere under the general manager and if they were again a bottom five team, you know, I, it, I'm sorry. It, it, it's unfortunate because I think Bottle, you know, I like Bottle, but it, it is what it is. The results show, and, you know, he's he's really under pressure, and I, I kind of need to see himself up and do something. Yeah, in a league like the NHL where it's – teams have turned it around, you know, I mean, from being at the bottom very quickly. I mean, obviously a lot quicker than the Sabres have. They hold the longest playoff drought in hockey right now. 
you can't justify sitting on your hands again for a second straight year when the wheels fall off, right? He needs to do something and all indications are that, that something's in the works, right? But, but he needs to do something. He needs to do it quickly. Man, if this season goes off the rails, I, like you said, and I said at the beginning of the year, I don't care about all the cap coming off. I don't care that it's Kruger's first season and, you know, Bottle's going to get two head coaches. No, if, if the wheels fall off again, you need to move on. It's just, it's unacceptable. Not in today's NHL. It does not take five years to turn around a franchise. It just doesn't. I mean, Anthony, to take your point kind of a step further, isn't it like you need to figure it out now because all that cap is coming off. So is Bottle basically your guy going forward or... Are you giving someone yeah, else the keys exactly. to the, That's a good point. the Mercedes with all that money? Absolutely because, right. And I mean, big contracts coming up too, really. And that guy hand out all your big contracts. So Reinhardt and Montour and Darlene and Olofsson and so on and so on and so on. The contracts they have coming up. Yeah, I mean, ask Edmonton how they feel about Peter Torelli paying $4 million to Miko Koskinen. You know what I mean? Before he got... <laughs> Can't. Yeah. No, it's it's the same basic principle. Yeah, but, you know the guy's gonna start getting desperate and doing desperate stuff to keep his job. It's like, do you, are you sure with all that capital and you know an opportunity with all that money coming off the books that you're not gonna see again for a very long time? You still got Rasmus Dahlin, who's very young. You get all you know all these young assets. Do you really want to waste more time on that guy? I wouldn't. Who was it? Was it Bergevin? I mean, I know he's still in his spot, but they were, uh, they were, people were basically clamoring for his head, and then he made – was it the Subban trade? And I think he made a comment where he's just like, this is it, boys. Like, this yeah. works or I'm out of here. It might not have been the Subban trade, but there was definitely one where – Was it uh, – I think it was a – was it the Galchenyuk-Dolmi trade? Was that it? Maybe. That might have been it. And that I mean that worked out pretty well for him, right? I mean, it's right. Well, he's still around, right? But yeah, yeah exactly. He made, he li- to your point, Anthony, he like literally made some kind of comment that was just like, <laughs> "My head's on the line. Here we go." I think I think it was that trade. I think it was that entire like, that entire off season, right? I mean, it was it was boomer bust for him, and that was that was going into last season when they were a ninety six point team and just missed. I mean, it was it was the Kakanyemi thing where people were like, oh, "Okay, and, that's right. Oh, you're going to play him in the NHL? Okay, like a <clears throat> And then the Domi trade, and uh, I think there was a. Was another trade or another signing he had on top of that too? So it's, I, was it was Alzner last year or was the year before that? Because Alzner could have been part of that before. too. But he, you know, he's he get Bergevin credit. He's the general manager who puts him in the AHL. You know, I mean, not afraid to do that. So yeah, I mean, Bergevin had done some nice things recently. I mean, he made that nice trade. He got Kulak. He was a nice player. He, you know, one of the guys, um, Jordan Wheel. We've kind of talked about. It. He's done well there. He, you know, Joel Armia was a nice move. Has done pretty well for him and. Even Domi, that trade has worked out. Tatar has worked out really nice for them. So, you know, give give some credit to Bergevin, a guy Bill and I have kind of railed on a lot. And he wasn't afraid to put an alpha sheet out there. And he wasn't afraid to put an alpha sheet out there. Good credit. Mark Bergevin, the superhero we all needed. <laughs> this just feels dirty now. Sorry, <laughs> <it up>. <laughs> <laughs> went down a path he did not intend it was going to go down. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, right? I mean, I think... The rumors are the the most important thing, whether – I mean, I don't want to say the trade doesn't matter, but at this point, it's like I just need him to see – like I need him to do something. Yeah. Like it, yeah. like you guys – both of you said now. It's just he sits on his hands again. So, I mean, you tweeted out that video of Stephen A. Smith going off. You want to hear <laughs> me go off? <laughs> if we get to 10 out of 11 or something stupid and you're still telling me eh, it might happen next week. <laughs> Just an episode of us all yelling. It's going to be pretty, yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, we have that every year, Bill. Or we have that angry episode that every year that happens. Um, it, it wouldn't it's, be different. It's building. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It, 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 it's there yet, but it's, I feel it bubbling. Yeah, for sure. So a few minutes here uh, in our first segments, we'll kind of wrap this first segment here and we'll get to our commercial break. And then after that, we'll come back to fan questions and let that drive the conversation on a variety of topics. So you are listening to Beyond the Blade here on the SB Nation Podcast Network, and we'll be back with you in 30 seconds. All right, welcome back to Beyond the Blade. So the second half per usual, if you're a big listener, you know how this goes here. We're going to get into the questions sent in by the listeners. So, Mr. Shockey, the second half of the podcast now belongs to you, and Anthony and I will be your answerers, I guess you could say. Co-pilots, Chad. Co-pilots. 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 You can answer questions, too. You're allowed to. We'll allow it. I will. I don't know if Anthony will, but I'll allow it. The way I'll Anthony's been talking, it. as I say, in between this <laughs> recording, he probably is not going to let me. Anthony's back. <laughs> Anthony's back for one episode, and he's already going to make all these demands and rules. And <laughs> that fear bunker uh, must have really got him uh, kind of motivated coming back. The problem is it, was, it was really just the Swedish meatball thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's bitter. It's all right. I haven't heard a, a Joker voice yet, so. <laughs> <We're> all right. <laughs> In due time, Bill. How are you putting the tents? You know it's going to come in. I hope it does. All right. Let's get rolling in the questions here. So two questions here from Ron and Charles um, about the trade stuff, and you answered those. So we're going to skip those. Let's go to uh, Phil, who said, what has to happen to at least get the other lines rolling, mix it up, trade, or call up, or all of the above? From sincerely not buying it in Phil. I think it's. I think it's a few. Th- I think there's. I mean, me personally, I think putting Skinner back like goes a start. Then I. I think regardless, they need to make a trade. They need to bring another forward here, yeah. uh, and they can bring Thompson or Lazar up. And maybe we can kind of get into which one we prefer. But I don't, maybe it's a question. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. But um, yeah, they can. They can bring up a guy. But I, I don't know. Curtis Lazar is not going to change anything. Maybe Tage Thompson's a different player. Maybe he does, but we don't know. So I, I don't have a problem with bringing up a player and making a trade, to be honest. But, yeah, I think it's a mix of, for me, it's shakeups, but they definitely need to make some sort of trade. They need more scoring. They need another forward in here to score goals for them, and that's undoubtedly the case. Yeah, I think the the forward point is obviously the, the most apparent one, right? They need to score some goals. Um if you want to go even further, though, I mean, break up the McCabris, the line and pairing, which is I was just going to jump in and say that, yeah, it's just that. killing you. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot, there's a handful of things that can be done. I mean, all of them aren't going to be, but I think first and foremost, like Chad said, you need to acquire a top six or top nine, whatever you want to call it, presence. Maybe you give Tage a shot and and you you scratch a VC or Rodriguez or, or however you want to do it, right? Um, but yeah, they they can't keep doing what they're doing. That's for sure. Agreed. So glad you stopped, Chad, because Scotty McMahon did say, who's the most deserving of a promotion from the Amherst? Uh, most deserving is Thompson. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's easy. Um, realistically, what I guess the question then goes to the Sabres, well, what is this guy going to do? 
Are you bringing up a guy to play? Or are you bringing up a guy to sit in the press box? Are you bringing up a guy to sit in the press box? And that's Lazar over Thompson. So deserving is Thompson. Um, I think what their plan is with side player would should then determine who should come up. Yeah, I think exactly what Chad just said. Uh, you're not going to bring Thompson up to sit him in the press box, or at least you shouldn't. Uh, but but yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to make an argument for anyone but Thompson who'd be the most deserving. Sounds good to me. So, T. Johnson, you're actually segueing pretty well with this. How far off the cliff do we need to fall before Kruger finally splits up McCabe and Risto? Also, he seriously doesn't know how you can't be a fan of Skittles. He <laughs> loves us, and he like we're the three musketeers, and he'd like Hannah to be honorary regularly. Okay. I mean, yeah, it was fun having Hannah on, so we should get Hannah on more. She uh, she knows her stuff. Maybe we should just like have a segment where does Hannah and Anthony battle about like some nonsense. I think that could be a good that could be good content right there. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Battling about nonsense is my favorite thing. To do. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, we'll we'll talk to like we'll have, like a group chat. We'll figure out kind of what stimulates all you like you two and kind of have you guys battle about it because that sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, the original question was McKay Bristol, right? Yep. How long before you see them split? Uh, so it was a how long before they should? Because I think we're past that point. Yesterday. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to split them up. It's, I mean, this is, I, mean I tweeted about it a little bit earlier this week. Is it's, you know, as much as Darlene has struggled, I, I think Jake McCabe has easily been your worst defenseman overall this season. I, I think there's no reason that. Since Scandella's back, he should go in over him when McCabe's back. Or McCabe's back. Pilot could have could play over him. Even John Gilmore could play over him. You know, Gilmore's played well in the games he's played in. So, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. You know, and it's it seems so obvious to break up because they're not. I mean, this I think it's not really fair to Jake McCabe. He's not a first pair defenseman who's played twenty five minutes, so it's not fair to put him in that spot. But he's just n- terrible at it. So, like, I don't know why you you keep doing it, and you know. I think it's more the struggles while Ristolainen hasn't played as well as he did the start of the season by, I think, quite a bit. I still think McCabe was a weaker link on that pair, believe it or not. So, you know, there, you have two defensemen that play 25 minutes that do the same exact things. They do the same things. Their deficiencies are the same things. They can't move the puck, and they consistently make turnovers and dumb mistakes with the puck on their stick. And you play them the most together. And it just – it's and and then the things they do is they're both physical defenders who are somewhat okay defensively sometimes, but even not a lot of the time. So it's just, it's just odd. It, it's you have Brandon Montour back. Put Jake McCabe with Montour. Like see how that goes. And then I don't know <laughs> I who just, you're gonna put with Ristolainen, and maybe Pilot. But then like you have too many defensemen. So I, I can't even begin to like put defense pairs together because they just simply have too many. That and it's hard. I loved your attempt to try to be nice. There's somewhat sort of good defensemen who are not really good at defense at right. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think McCabe's a better defensive defenseman. I mean, it, it hasn't been that way this season, but I think overall for his career he is. But whatever. Either way, they both they both should not be playing 25 minutes a night. And I don't know what it's going to take to split them up because this coach has called them world class defenders like two weeks ago. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, J- Jake McCabe is that guy who I think every year there's a player that Sabres fans just vastly overrate. He's been terrible, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Two years ago, he got a pass from me because of the shoulder injury, right? He didn't fully recover, and, and he had looked like, you know, at least somewhat promising before that. 
I have been unimpressed with Jake. I was unimpressed with him last year. And I think, he, like you just said, he's been our worst defenseman this year. He doesn't belong in the situation he's in. I agree with that. However, I cannot make a solid argument that he's one of the six best defensemen on this team. And like you said, and it's something we talked about all offseason. There's too many heads. You can't optimize with these with veteran roadblocks. And any deal that's coming down the pike here, you have to unload a defensive contract, preferably two. And and the thing about McCabe is he's not going to sit because you don't put an A on a guy's chest to sit him down in the press box. It's not going to happen. And so that's not just lip service from Kruger. He really, I think, genuinely likes what Jake McCabe brings to the table. I don't see it. I mean, he he he's just Buffalo through and through. He's physical, gritty, strong, leader, below average. I mean, he that's Buffalo sports. And he that's just his thing. He's got right? blue collar in there. Blue, yes, blue collar, <laughs> lunch pail, insert other non sequitur here. But yeah, he he's very unimpressive. I think Lawrence Pilot should easily play ahead of him. And yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with a healthy defense, but what's it going to take to split up that pairing? An act of God at this point, because those An two guys, from McCabe, which could happen anytime soon. True, but I mean the, those two guys. I I don't think you could find two saver players over the last maybe 20 years who have had longer leashes for being terrible. It's <laughs> a good way to end it. Well done. Now you got me thinking, <laughs> but while I think we'll move on <laughs> to the next one, <clears throat> uh, we'll sneak this one in real quick. G-Man did say since Potts is in love with Spoka, the player, who do we move if we get a top six forward? So are you sticking to just the third and a B prospect like a Asplund? Yeah, but but Anthony's point. I mean, they got to unload a defenseman here. I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, is one of the questions about who's going to come out when Scandella comes back? No. Okay, honestly. so we're gonna get to that here because who comes out when Scandella comes back? Like, because I mean, that's it. Wouldn't stun me if he practices on Wednesday and is back by the weekend. Like, I don't know. Like, that's not inside knowledge or anything. I'm just saying that wouldn't stun me if that happens. So who's coming out? It's not gonna be McCabe. Are you gonna take Dowling now? Like. I don't think so. Unless he's playing terrible, maybe you scratch him for a game, but that's not a long-term solution. So, okay, so he's not coming out. So we're at Deline staying, McCabe staying, Ristolainen staying, Montour stays, and now we're at deciding between what Yoki Haru and Colin Miller. Like that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're, what you do. It's. If you're not going to scratch McCabe, you got to just leave Scandella in the press box. I mean, he's not better than any of those guys you just listed. Regardless of the season he's having, he's not. That'd be my guess. His I, injury, I, I his injury gets worse that. somehow. They're not going to do that, though. I just, I don't think they're going to do that. I, and then they're going to, I think, and maybe it, it might not be bad ideas, you should go back and put him right with Yuki Haru again. But I'm not taking Colin Miller out of the lineup. That's crazy. Why would I do that? So I, I don't. It's just there's too many defensemen, and at some point you have to just make a trade here. Like you have to do it. Like it just you've kicked the can down the road, kicked the can down the road here. Like just just get it done. Just just do it here. I don't think I don't think you never know. Somebody could get hurt on Thursday. I don't think they're gonna get away with it again here. They got a break when Montour was coming back with Scandella getting hurt. I, I don't think it's gonna happen again here. You know, we'll see. You never know with hockey, but. Just for the love of God, just move one. Because if it's going to be Miller or Yoki Haru that comes out for, you know, Scandella, I think my head might explode, to be honest, over the weekend. So 
I don't know. It's just, it's so aggravating that this this is the situation they're in. I mean, it, it's been this way all summer, and, and to the point we kind of talked about this last year too. Where they just have too many defensemen. Last year they got away with it, and these insiders like LeBron keep saying Zach Bogosian's coming back here. I don't know if I buy it, but like then when he comes back, you you need his <laughs> cap space from long range reserve, so he's back. The cap space is gone. And then you have another defenseman. Like <laughs> something has to give here, and you just can't keep. Just hoping to get away with it, get away with it, and get away with it. Just, just make your move. Get rid of one, or even Anthony's point. Get rid of two if you have to. Optimize the best defense you can put on the ice. It's good. I feel like I hear myself in my head from the podcast for the season started. Where is they're they're going to literally ice a worse defensive unit than they possibly could just because they won't mm-hmm. move somebody or they haven't moved bad players. And we're getting to that point here where they're going to put a worse lineup on the ice than they could because they just won't simply move players. That Jesse Pinkman scene from Breaking Bad keeps going through in my head. He can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> it's just you need to unload a defenseman. And, and to the actual question, if if you were going to unload a current forward on the roster, I don't know. I, I guess Rodriguez is your most tradable asset who makes any sense to get rid of at this Probably, point. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Nobody's so, gonna, who's going to trade for Jimmy VC right now? Like, that's what I'm saying, right? I mean, I don't think you're trading Shiri, even though he'd probably get you more back maybe than Rodriguez would. But yeah, I th- I, to answer the question, if a forward is getting moved out, I, I, an NHL forward, that is, I, I would think it'd be Rodriguez. He'd make the most sense at least. I get in a little bit. Uh, this one's kind of up Chad's alley from Super Outback. So you got a question from a car. Not great. Would, <laughs> would you like someone? Li- would you like someone like Adam Lowry or Matthew Joseph Perot for the bottom six? Uh, it was Lowry Perot and who else? Was this, wasn't a third person there? It was just those two. Uh, it's mostly just those two. I would definitely. If it's up to me, I would take Lowry hands down. I, I mean, he's younger, and I think he's a better player to be honest. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I think Lowry's better. I guess at the end, it's kind of. I mean, Pro's a nice player. So I mean, if he's part of a trade with Winnipeg, do that. But yeah, if you're asking Lowry, if I'm grabbing any bottom six ish forward from Winnipeg, I mean, you guys know how big I am in Andrew Cop. So I'd be all about doing that if that somehow was a possibility. Yeah, I'm also taking Lowry uh, over Perot, but I, I will say kind of kind of like you alluded to, I'll take either. If, if those are my two choices, I'm not going to turn my nose up at either of them because I think they'd be upgrades. I really like this next question. It kind of wraps this part of the questions up. Curtis, given some of the deficiencies at Ford and to a lesser, lesser extent the defense, how many pieces away is this team, both Ford and defense, from being taken seriously as a threat to make a cup run? A lot. <laughs> and what you need two more forwards uh goalie. you need another goalie probably yeah although almost played better but i still think another goalie um you need to eliminate defenders does that make sense addition by yeah. subtraction <laughs> eliminate defensemen uh i think you i guess two forwards falls in it but I, I think you need another bottom six forward because that falls in that uh, I think you need more depth in your lineup. So I'll get back to the point. They need a lot. They need a lot of things to go their way. You know, there's they have those contracts coming up. You know, it's uh, Bill. I think you and I have been saying that 2020 plan for two years now. Uh, mm-hmm. In my 2020 plan vision, two years ago, they're farther along. 
Like they yeah. they've made the playoffs at this point. Well, I mean, you're uh, just going back to last off season. That's right. Yeah. So like, it's getting rid of people. Yeah. I mean, we've been on two or three years now of just getting rid of people. We haven't got rid of anybody. So yep. that's kind of where you start. But they still need a lot. There's still a lot of holes in this team. You got to plug and you know, I mean, you only have Johansson former year after this year. I, I doubt he's back again. And Sherry probably is gone after this year. You know, VC's obviously probably going to be gone. So you're going to open up roster spots and you got to sign players with them because I, honestly, I don't think you really have a ton. You're going to graduate out of the AHL besides Asplin and Thompson, I guess, maybe, you know, if they're, if they're both, I mean, Thompson beer, so, but I don't know, maybe if you trade Asplin, he's not here. So, you know, there's 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 work to be done here with this general manager. You know, he's he's done some decent things, but there's a lot that he's failed to do or failed to address. And you know, it's starting to all kind of to kind of jump on Bill's thing. Is it's all starting to kind of jump, get into a boil here, and it might fester over here pretty soon if things don't turn around or he does something. Yeah, I want to start with the the front and work my way back here, right? So. You've got probably two-thirds of your top six, right, after this season. You have maybe half of your bottom six, I think. You probably have all of your defensemen in hand. It's just right now you're kind of precluded from from playing your best guys just because of the veteran bodies in the way. I mean, think about it. You've got uh, Darlene, Miller, Montour, Pilot. And Yoki Harvey, that's five right there, right? Who are, yeah. who are all quite good, right? So I think you've pretty much got your entire defense. And and like you guys said, you'd probably need another goalie or or hope UPL is just amazing and, and is ready. So what's it going to take for another cup contender? By, by my count, you need two more top six forwards, half of your bottom, like half, a brand new half of a bottom six and, and a goalie. So they're, yeah, like you said, they're five, six pieces away from being a, a like like you worded a cup contender, playoff contender, I don't know, two forwards and, and a goalie, maybe? I think if we want to do playoff contender, just just get me a forward that scores goals and maybe you can kind of mess around here and get your way in. All right. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think I think that's all. And being getting in the playoffs I think is a lot easier than being a cup contender. If you want to be a legitimate team, you're farther away. If you just want to mosey around that last wild card spot, I, I think you can eliminate a defenseman here jumble things around and grab forward and then it's kind of see how that goes. I'm glad you guys brought up the GM because the next two questions revolve around general manager. Uh, let's go with <clears throat> BB. who said GM JB came from the Penguins who are in a team in maintenance mode. So that's all he knows. Maintenance can be done slowly. He knows nothing about building a winner. That was done for him. Where are you with him? Do you think he's in trouble? That's a weird way to put it. I don't know. I, I think I'd have to sit with that maintenance thing for a little bit. So not to comment yeah, on the question or the thing. I think I kind of, I need to sit with that for a second. Yeah. Um, Actually, here, I, can, I, mean, I can start this one. Go, go ahead. Yep. I, I don't, I don't know what the maintenance mode thing really, really means, but I, I mean, it was built for him. I mean, that's pretty easy to say about, about anyone who is an assistant GM, you know what I mean? So right. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he was part of a, of a winning franchise. So I mean, maintenance mode, maybe they mean like the, all the pieces were in place. They just had to kind of keep recycling that bottom six, recycle the depth, which maybe is, is what the question was getting at. But if you want to know how you I'm really, feeling. You can argue like he's got his first line center in, you know, cornerstone defenseman here. So like he's got 
pieces. He's got Reiner. He's got Skinner. Right. Like he's got, too, yeah. he's got pieces. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's obviously not not as much of a. Of a I mean, it's not Malkin and Crosby, right? But <laughs> right. But but yeah, you know, he's trying to cycle in complementary players, and that was the yeah. whole idea of Shiri. That was the his idea behind VC, right? But you know, whether or not that ultimately works out, it you know, questionable. But uh, I, I and I think the second part was how are we feeling about him? Not good. Uh, I think we just said it. Unless something changes here, unless he stops sitting on his hands, he's very much at risk of losing his job. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's got a lot of work to do and, and tomorrow should not be guaranteed for him. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, it's, uh, anything kind of touch on a little bit is it's, if things really, it depends on the season goes, if they're going to be a team that's, that ends up with 88 points, something like that, you know, I think he's back next year. Uh, if they're a team that's around 78 points again, you know, bottom 10, bottom five, uh, I, I think he's in trouble, you know, and I, I think, you know, it, it's so hard to get a read on Pagula kind of what, <laughs> cause he, you know, you think a GM is safe, like to Murray and then boom, he's gone, you know? And so it's kind of hard to get a read on what he does, but it's, I mean, yeah, I, I can't see the owner looking at this, looking at this general manager and if they're, you know, a bottom seven team again, being like, Dude, you like you've been in the bottom every year that you've been here. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're doing for me here, and and you have big decisions coming up and big contracts. So, you know, as 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 much as you're evaluating these restricted free agents like Reinhardt and you know other guys that determine what kind of contracts you want to hand out, I think you're evaluating the general manager too to see if you want this guy to be the guy to hand out those contracts to these players and set you kind of the future um, of your team to a sense, you know. You know, with those moves and all the cap space they're going to have this offseason. So, yep. So, stop right there because let me sneak this in from Jim. Okay. I've seen, heard people mention that maybe Bot's big plan was all for the cap space we'll have in 2020 and all the flexibility we'll offer. Why in the world should we as fans trust him to make these smart signings and moves? I like some of what he's done, but I'm so sick of losing. Reach it, brother. Yeah, and it, it gets right to it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying yeah. like he. You should have zero trust because he has made good moves. Like he got the Yoki Haru thing. He he made the Miller trade, which was good. You know, he's he's made some nice moves. You know, the O'Reilly trade is a nightmare. Uh we'll see if I, I guess your last hope is Thompson turns into something. We'll see if that works out of that. But you know, he, he has some decent moves in there, right? So you know, the VC move it's not like he gave up a lot, but you know, it's not working out for him. The Sherry trade I think was fine. The you know, the Scandella Pominville trade. I mean, the best part in that trade was Pominville, and that worked out pretty well for him. So these deals have been fine. Johansson looks like a good signing. So, you know, I mean, some things have gone his way, but there's just, it's just, it's not showing on the ice. Like, it's not working. He hired Phil Housley. That was a nightmare. Like, he, that goes against him. You know, we'll see how Kruger turns out. So, I don't know. I, I guess to answer the question, like, let Anthony answer too, is it's, I'm not saying you shouldn't have any trust at all, but I can see to a point where you would have definitely have hesitation about it at this point, I would say. Well, it kind of goes back to what Bill was saying earlier. Do you, do you want him with the keys to the Mercedes? You know I mean? If your whole, if your whole claim is, you know, 2020 off season, well, that's cool. But is he the guy? And, and I, I'll go one step further. If he's not, do we really trust the Pagulas to pick the right guy to, to, to well, handle right, all yeah. that cash on hand? Uh, it, it, basically, I think it all kind of boils down to 
what Jason Botterill allows to happen here as the season goes on. Cause, cause right now it's getting confirmed for us what, what we already knew, at least everyone on this podcast are already knew going into the season, the roster was not good enough. Not enough was done this off season to make them truly competitive. Right. I, I hopefully based on all the rumors we're hearing, Botterill recognizes that and he's positioning himself to do something, but, I, I really think it all these next few months, few weeks even, are going to be critical for him. Uh, I mean, the wheels can't fall off. And if they do, does he really have that guaranteed job security where the Pagoulas are going to let him just tank away another season at, at the, at the you know, because of this promise of, of a better tomorrow in 2020? I just, I can't subscribe to that thinking. And, and Chad, you and I talked about it a lot at the beginning of the offseason right after last year ended where I was very much like if he doesn't get this, you know, even close to right, I, I, you can't justify bringing him back. I don't care that it's the coach's first year. I don't care that, you know, he should have another two year kind of stint here now that he's been retained. I, I just can't justify it. And he's, he's got to make moves mid season, which is something we really haven't seen from him. Yeah. It's a good point. The mid season thing, right? I, I mean, we really haven't seen that, you know, we've seen him, what has he made? Has he made any dev? I mean, he made the Montour trade at the deadline, right? I mean, that was something. So now we do right. have that, but you know, it's. It, but at that point, we made that trade. It was too late. I mean, the ship has sailed in the season. Where you know he can't wait to that point. He can't wait to the deadline to try to save the team. And you know, he's got to do it now. And I don't. I don't know. I mean, the, the Pagula thing. The only thing is that it keeps getting back to me is. It, it's hard for me to really, you know, and Kevin and I kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, privately, is it, you know, I, I kind of wonder how much attention there really is in the Sabres. I mean, he's always around the Bills. I see the Bills doing what they're doing. Uh, they're winning games. You know, we had Kim Bagula saying, you know, she would want to win a Super Bowl or like and stuff like that. I mean, it was a football question, and I get that. You know, maybe she says different if it's a hockey reporter asking her, but and it gets it gets back to the point is I wonder how much focus from the ownership perspective is really on the hockey team at this point or even just in general. It, or is more of their focus really on the football team. So, you know, I, I kind of, it's weird how we see, you know, two organizations that kind of are owned by the same, same owner, but, you know, in simple stuff, like even like, like the advanced stats thing, like the analytics thing. I mean, the bills have like a five or six, you know, person department for their football team. Maybe that's the McDermott and Bean thing, but you look over on the Sabres and, you know, it's it's just like it's just nightingale like it's and again that could be a bottle thing just how bottle wants it and that's that's the difference between the two but it just seems like you know if you're going to invest into all of that with your football team then why wouldn't you do that with your hockey team regardless of what your general manager thinks you know like i don't know like maybe i want my hockey team to do this too so it's it's just things like that that it's so it's so different and you know, I mean, not to harp on the, the numbers thing, but it's that's just the way it's trending in the game right now. And the Sabres are just always, 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 always behind. They're always behind. They're always the last of the table. Like, you have this player tracking that's going to be coming in the playoffs, and they, you know, if they really do, which I, I I've firmly believe they really have kind of one guy kind of running that whole thing, is it's – that's a lot to ask somebody and then you're behind it. And then if you get all that stuff, you're like, Oh, maybe we should get somebody in here. We're, but again, you're, you're already behind. You're, you're already chasing other teams are stacking up these data. People are looking at new ways 
you know, to improve. I mean, this is a hockey team, like you said, Anthony, that has the longest playoff drought in, in the NHL. Do something different. But try something different. Like, <laughs> just just yeah. try something different. You keep banging your head against the wall and doing it the same way over and over and over and over again. It's not working. So maybe try to get some data people in or some different people to different way of thinking and see if that works for you. It might not work. Some places it hasn't worked. Some it has. Just try and see something different. So I understand this organization is just trying something different, not just recycling through coach after coach after GM after GM after GM and doing the same things and not trying anything different. So it's just, it's frustrating to see that. I, I just want to see this organization. So some sign that things are different and they're going to look at the way the game a different way. I thought Kruger was a good sign of that. And maybe that does turn out that way, but you know, since that it, it's kind of just been, it's kind of fell flat for me and, and nothing. I thought when they brought on Kruger, they were going to expand the department and they haven't as far as I know. And is as far as a lot of people know. So it's just, just be different. Do something different. Try something different. Stand out. Don't wait to the deadline. Make a move now to improve your team. Just look like you're trying. I think that's basically kind of the whole thing here. Good way to wrap that. So, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I think I'm just going to move on to our last two more fun questions. Uh, so let's talk with C. Crofty. What other non-Sabres team do you enjoy watching? Uh, I really like to watch Carolina. I like to watch Carolina a lot, so I guess that'll be my my team. I'll say Carolina because I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see them on Thursday. So Carolina is my team. Not just not just the numbers thing, but I think they they play a style of hockey that breeds success. And they were in the Eastern Conference Finals playing it last year, so I'll say Carolina. Because I'm very competitive and I want fans to hate me more than they just hated you for that answer. <laughs> um, and and the, the comeback loss that they just allowed notwithstanding, I really enjoy watching Boston. They're, mm-hmm. they're outside of Buffalo. And if I'm, you know, putting fanhood blinders on, if you want to talk about my favorite team to watch, I, I really enjoy them. And I, and I have for a few years. Um, They were, to me, I mean, it, for what I you know look for in hockey and for what I enjoy, they were the most entertaining team in the playoffs last year, besides St. Louis. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of what they do. And and if I want to kind of double down on the hatred that I'm going to get, I like St. Louis too. I like and I, <laughs> I, I enjoy watching them. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I think if I had to pick one, it'd be Boston for me. Colorado's right there for me too right now. Damn you! That's shit. another good one. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. <laughs> Well, moving on, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have no uh, team besides Colorado. You have nobody else. I, I mean, not really team, but McDavid's pretty amazing. And that's just a good point. So, yeah. Watching them and him and Drysdale too. That's yeah. that's kind of cool. But yeah, my team's Colorado. I like what they're doing out there. Don Brown, who is a prospect you thought would be good and failed, and who is a prospect you wrote off that ended up succeeding in the NHL? Uh, I'll go first. So I think um, who I wrote off as succeeding, uh, I, I think it's Paul Byron. I mean, he was moved. I was like, whatever, who's this guy? And he's not looking crazy, but he's turned in a nice little career with the uh, Canadians, you know, doing what he does in Montreal. So you know, I think it's the guy I kind of wrote off and he turned out to have a good career. Uh, somebody who I thought would have success and turned out to be nothing, I, I think is poor Luke Adam. You know, <laughs> 
and he kind of burst out of the scene. I was kind of excited about what he could be and then turned into be a big flat zero. So those are my two. Yeah, for the uh, guy I thought would be good who ended up being a bust, that's my friend Mikhail Grigorenko for sure. <laughs> um, he's tearing up the KHL, but he, yeah, he, I, I thought he was just a slam dunk steal that draft. And, you know, if it, if it weren't hit for his existence, I might have answered Gergensen's, um, <laughs> <laughs> who was picked what, two picks later. I think so. But, uh, it, and the the other the flip side of that coin, I guess, is, is tough for me because for a guy who who maybe comes off as impatient sometimes, uh, I'm maybe overly patient when it comes to prospects. So I don't know that there's a lot of guys I wrote off who who you know became something awesome later because maybe I I, I kind of like wait for them to overcook a little bit. Uh, if I was gonna point one out, it'd probably be Armia because when we traded him to Winnipeg, I was not really upset with that he didn't do much in Winnipeg but now that he's with Montreal he he looks you know a little bit better uh and he, he actually looks like an NHL player which I didn't think he would end up being with any degree of regularity so I guess if I had to answer one he would be my guy so for me good and failed <clears throat> I think Nylander is a pretty easy choice mm-hmm. uh especially when he was drafted like the pick and that obviously didn't work out uh prospect you wrote off and ended up succeeding I guess I had no idea who Charlie McAvoy was when he got drafted in the mid-first round, and he's pretty damn good. So. No, there you go. I'll go with that one. I remember when he was – I think it was like 13. Bots. Who the hell is that? Yeah, we read that draft. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, we were here. So, actually, so let me uh, take this question one step further, if you guys don't mind. What's, uh, what's the one that you picked and nailed? Because I think that's kind of fun, too. Hmm. Ooh, picked and nailed. Uh, Start chat off with Alex Debrinket. Oh yeah, that's a good one. There you go. Bill got my answer. Debrinket. There you go. That was cool. My yeah. No, I only needed four seconds to think about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I when I liked and nailed. Uh, Could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be the Sabers. Oh jeez. Yeah. I mean, just, and I talked about Debrinket going into that draft. We banged that drum and. Oh yeah. Yep. Cal McCarr is looking pretty damn good too. Yeah, but I think he was another one. Uh, what's his name? Scoring a ton of goals for Wisconsin right now. I just forget his name. Caulfield. Yeah, but yeah, Cole Caulfield scoring a ton of goals for Wisconsin right now. Plus he's he's tiny though. Mm. I don't I don't have a good answer to this. I need, I need to think about it. <laughs> Bill, do you have one? Um, I mean, I think I had McCarr. Both of us are doing the Brinkett thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I relate to anybody else. Yeah, I think I guess I need more time to think about it, like Anthony said. Because <laughs> I didn't even think it to bring it, but that's a good one for me. But I, I didn't think about it more. Uh, I, I guess you can, if you want one recently, Billy Yandela. I thought he'd be really good, and he started in the NHL this year. He's in the AHL now, but he's got a handful of games with Winnipeg. If I want, I miserably missed on Brady to Chuck. Mm. I was super wrong about him, and he's very good at that. A lot of people were. Yeah. But, you know, there's another one, too, that I was thinking of. Uh, I actually looked him up to see if he was on the team this year, and he still isn't. So, as Anthony said, I kind of wait for him. But Owen Tippett, when he was drafted, mm. I thought he'd be a good goal scorer, and he hasn't really sniffed the floor. Panthers Tippett was a, was a guy for you, right, Sandra? Yeah, I liked him a lot, actually, coming out. I still haven't given up on him. <laughs> oh, and I don't think you have to, but. For a top 15 guy that two years away from the draft now hasn't seen the NHL. It's a little concerning. 
the show. Oh, Ooh, I've got mine. There it is. If if I may, yeah, I had to think about it for a while, but but uh, and people might call bullshit on this, but whatever, screw you. Uh, I I, I, I <laughs> knew back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, you know, I was thinking about it because I I was I couldn't remember who I was upset about us trading that first round pick for Robin Leonard because I had a guy in that range right who who I I just. I knew I liked somebody and I had to actually look at the 2015 draft to remember who it freaking was, but I loved, and, and we wouldn't have been able to get him there anyway. Cause he got picked three picks ahead of that. I love Thomas Chabot and he looks awesome. Uh, that's a good one. Hmm. Hold on, Anthony. We're to reach down deep for that one. It only took me five minutes. <laughs> we, we got you there. That'll do it. Question segment done. As per usual, good questions from the listeners, so that's always appreciated. Good, good topics. Whenever you can get Anthony going too, you know, <laughs> get him, test him early, test him early. I'm, I'm well rested. Exactly, exactly. Maybe a little rusty, so you know, got to get shots on him early and see, see how he reacts to it. Settled in as the game went along, Anthony. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So we'll get to the end here of the little spiel, like we always do. So make sure you're following. Uh, the podcast on Twitter at BTP Hockey, uh, Anthony at Chandra Sports, myself at CMDDMenaces, Bill at Bill Shockey. Uh, make sure you rate, share, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to a podcast. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, make sure you're checking out all the excellent content on Die by the Blade, your Sabres go-to for this podcast and the Sabres content throughout the season. So, a team that has lost five straight who is sucking the wind right out of us here. And it's only the middle of November. Um, I don't know. There's three games. There's well, actually four games. Cause next Sunday there is going to be a game in Chicago. So we'll probably push the podcast an extra day or two. So we'll just kind of get a, It'd be interesting to see kind of how this team here is in the next. Oh no, it's three games, not four. Three games. Getting ahead of myself. Uh-huh. Uh, three games here in the next few days. So, for Anthony, good to have him back. For Chad, myself, and Bill, thank you for listening. We appreciate you taking the time. Hope you enjoy this one, and we will talk to you again next week. See ya. Yeah.